basically the, the, my two strongest memories of you, Lauren, are when we did that rap. <laughs> Do you remember? The what? The rap that we did. Who let me be the beatboxer? <laughs> Hi, friends, and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. Okay, today we have the funniest Lauren Hamilton. I'm telling you what, I mean, I just cracked up our entire interview and I don't know, maybe we only think we are funny, but I think we're funny. And Lauren specifically is so funny. You're definitely going to want to check her out on Instagram or on her blog because she just cracks me up. I mentioned it in here, but she talks about um, the day that she lost her glasses. I mean, her Instagram stories were so funny and she ended up finding them literally on her bed right under some clothes. It was so funny. So Lauren talks to us today about how she graduated from college, trying to figure out what she was doing with her life like we all do, and decided to move to China really on a whim and has been there ever since, a couple of years now, and she's about to go back and start a new, a new teaching job. And so we talked with her today about her journey of living in China, what that's been like, culture shock, learning new things, and she even tells us a great China story at the end. So it is my pleasure and honor to welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, Lauren Hamilton. Okay, Lauren, well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank I'm so you. excited. This honor is so fun. <laughs> I just interviewed Tracy. I feel like um, I just have such nostalgia because when I think of you and Tracy, I just remember like our summer, our Cersei summer, where we lived in that house with a hundred other girls, and we won't name names, but we had that one friend who just disappeared one day, <laughs> just gone. Yeah, our 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 co was it co co habitator. Yeah, that just eventually. Really, I remember at one point we were like, what if she's like dead? And yeah, like, like should we check on her? I don't know. We haven't seen her in three weeks, and then we go back there, and her stuff is gone. <laughs> Seriously though, like. Oh my um, gosh, I'll like, never forget that. She's alive, you know? I know. I was like, wow, girl, you've got some stealth skills. If you can literally move out. I know, move your entire room out, yeah. And nobody knew. Well, yep. I'll also, of course, always remember Honduras, which Tracy and I talked a little bit about that in her episode, but boy. Honduras. Those are the memes. <laughs> those are the memes. They really are, though. They really are. Like, I know. Like, Hardcore nostalgia, though. I know, and it's like, you know, I never was like this wild child, but when I think about our times together, those are some fond, like, we just, we just right? really went for it. <laughs> I know, like, those are like the, like, the really, like, fun memories. I know, I know, and as previously stated, um, you know, there was some rapping, there was some <laughs> rapping, I had a previous rap career, and, uh, you know, you guys really brought that out in me, so, love it. Yeah. That's, that's what true friends do. You know, you build each other up to your full potential. To the so. full the full potential. I don't know why I didn't pursue that career, man. Could have had something there. Okay, Lauren, so I've told the people a little bit about you, but okay. tell us who you are. Okay. Um, well, hello. My name is Lauren. Um, I am 26 years old. I went to Harding, graduated in five years because Victory Lab is best lab. That's right. And uh, graduated... Uh, with a uh, bachelor's in science, I studied exercise science, and I was like, you know what, like, I'm going to take a year off, 
and just, you know, figure out, like, exactly what I want to do, and then I'll come back, and I'll, like, start my career in yeah, girl. sports medicine. <laughs> and so, uh, my last semester in college, uh, I had some friends that told me about uh, moving to China to teach English, and I was like, you know what, that sounds pretty cool. My older brother had done it for a year, and I knew some others that had kind of done something like it, and I was like, you know what, that sounds really cool. Um, why not? you know right as one does you know yeah um so fast forward to three years later and i'm still you know just trucking along yes Uh, so that's what i do now okay so Uh, you are also from new york because tracy a couple episodes in front of you she told us about how she got from new york to harding so she shared that she got from new york i mean to arkansas from New York because a bunch of her friends went to Harding. Is that your same story or was it like you just really wanted to live in Arkansas? <laughs> well, kind of. I'm, at, I'm actually from Maryland. Uh, but oh, that's I right. Know, yeah, but it's okay. People do it all the time. I knew Tracy. Uh, we went to summer camp together in New York. Um, so, oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. We have all the friends that she was talking about stuff. Like, it was the same kind of thing. So, basically, yeah, it is the same kind of story. It's just like... Uh, my older brother had gone to Harding, um, and my dad had gone to Harding, and honestly, in high school, I was like, that sounds cool, like, they have spritzing, they, <laughs> like, go to Walmart for fun, like, yeah, so different, let me have a try. I'm there. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, so I think it was just, like, it was, uh, yeah, I kind of saw what my family had, and I was like, that seems really cool, I'd like to try it, I had friends going, um, so that's kind of how I ended up, ended up there, and then, you know. And here That's, we are. Here we are. Here I know, girl. But I, really, I, I did enjoy my time there. I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get us wrong. Harding is the jam, but it's just, <laughs> oh, it's yeah, just a big sure. LOL, you know? Yeah. I think really one day I need to have you and Tracy on the podcast at the same time. <laughs> my phone might explode from just pure, like, joy, but Aww. I think it'd be so good. But but I think really we three would just get a kick out of each other, and I think nobody would oh. understand but I'm telling you, Lauren, if we did a, if we had a rap, like, aren't we so funny? Aren't we hilarious? I think if we rapped though, we could really get like a good following. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Totally. (laughs) Okay. So you mentioned that you are still in China. Well, you're not in China right this second, but you are working in China currently still. So yeah, I'm I'm on summer break right now. So, which is awesome. um, Starting in September, I'll go back to work. Oh my gosh. I have like a million questions, but (laughs) we'll start at the beginning because you said, so you finished school and you're like, Hmm, what to do with my life? Which I think everybody feels right. Everybody feels that. And I know that Chris went to China and you knew some other people who went to China. So were you literally, was it really just like, Hey, that sounds like a fun thing. Like let's go to China. Cause to me, I think I would need about three months to make such a decision <laughs> but was it that easy for you or did you have to take some time to consider like what to do uh I think I think I didn't know it at the time but I I think I just like learned that about myself that I'm just a very impulsive like kind of decision maker oh. uh, <laughs> like uh, especially if like if there if there's like there's no other like real choices in the matter like it was either I went to China or I like had to figure out my life here yeah and the, the procrastinator inside of me was like I'll go to China. Like, that's better than, like, having to figure out my plan. <laughs> um, that might be the so, best thing I've ever heard, yeah. but also gives me, like, straight hives. Yeah. So, wow. I think, like, honestly, I I wish I, like, I'm not a journaler. I don't, like, 
I wish I could, like, think back and, like, go back in time and, like, what went through my head process. Because I feel like it was probably, honestly, just about a week of, like, wow. yeah, that sounds okay. Like, if everything works out, if all my paperwork goes through and I can start in the fall, I'll start. And then it just kind of went that way. And Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Did you even, like, did you talk to your brother or anybody about what their experience was like? Or were you just really saying, you know what, if, it, if my paperwork goes through, I'm going. Yeah, I think that was the thing um, where, yeah, my brother had done it for a year. Like, he had kind of done it as, like, an experience. Like, he had done it for a year, and and then eventually, like, as kind of, like, you know, a way to travel and experience something different, and then he came back. And so that's, I think, was kind of the mindset. Like, it wasn't some big, huge decision mm. besides, like, oh, I'm just, I'm just committing to, you know, I think my commitment was only, like, 10 months in my contract. So, oh, okay. So you didn't yeah, go it into it thinking... I gotcha. You didn't go into it thinking like, this is where I'm going to live for five years. You just thought, hey, this will be like a, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you go in doing? Like, what was your initial job? Okay, so yes. Uh, So um, I initially went in as uh, an English teacher. I taught uh, university students. So technically, I was a university professor. That's right. (laughs) Professor Lauren. That that really means nothing over there. But yeah, so I uh, was a an English teacher, so I, I taught uh, spoken English um, classes, kind of like ESL classes, um, to English majors, um, English major Chinese students um, at university. Um, and yeah, so that's what I did uh, for my first two years in China. Um, I taught that age, and I still really love that age group. Um, I I really I feel like with older kids I can just relate on a better level. Um, so that was yeah. really great. I love that. So I distinctly remember, and I'm wondering if this was the same experience for you. I remember uh-huh. being in Honduras. I think Tracy was there that time. I'm not sure if you were, but um, they asked me to teach adults. I think it was like about semicolons and things <laughs> that it, I mean I know what a semicolon is, but it was like things yeah. in English that I had not learned in a long time. And they wanted me to teach these adults all about this English grammar. And it was simply because I spoke English as my first language. I had no experience. I had no degree in, in teaching. Was it oh, like that in exact, China? That's exactly okay. what my job qualifications are. Like, okay. <laughs> so basically because English is your first language. <laughs> wow. Okay. So they didn't even, did they prepare you at all? Did they give you any sort of training or were they just like, hey, you know English. Go for it. Uh, yeah. I guess that's the biggest thing with uh so for me, like, I, there's, I'm an English teacher in China, but, like, I'm not, like, unique at all. Like, there are hundreds of thousands of foreigners that are just basically native English speakers or really just are fluent in English. And, like, and they starting to have the more, they have, then you have to have, obviously, some requirements and things. Sure. But um, that's kind of, like, the basics of if you're a native English speaker, you know, you're the expert. So that's who they want teaching you know, wow. the language. Which yeah. really makes you feel great. You know, it makes you, it builds up your whole <laughs> yeah. life. But I was like, yeah. y'all, I don't think you understand that I do not know some of this stuff. <laughs> I know the amount of times that I've had to like Google just like basic English things. I'm just like, um, I, students will ask me about, I don't know, just specific like grammar things and I'm like I just know what's right and wrong and right that's about it. <laughs> yes that's that's how I feel my sister is awesome at that but I'm like uh I don't know 
<laughs> well, that's cool. So when you got there, did you have an experience where you were like, like, did you ever say to yourself, huh, Lauren, this may not have been the best choice or was it just seriously great from the start? No, I think, uh, I, I guess the first year, my first year timeline, I think I, I really enjoyed it at first. Obviously I kind of had like some adjustment time of trying to figure out, you know, a different life, a different country, all that, which I'm sure you know about with culture shock and everything. Mm-hmm. Like anyone that's spent time overseas understands that. Yeah. Um, and so I think at one point, so the, my schedule is split up into two semesters and I had about like a month long break in between. And so I, the first semester I'd gotten really used to and just kind of acclimated and I had my routine. I like was comfortable and I, knew where things were I like had my routine and that made me very comfortable mm-hmm. and like just yeah just ultimate feeling comfortable and then I decided to go traveling for oh. about a month and I basically just like ripped off all of that comfort and like that was my worst culture shock um that and I remember I had actually did some traveling and then I actually came back to where I was living for like a week break before I went back out and I was like, I don't even want to continue traveling. Like, I don't care about all these plane tickets I already bought and all these, like, hotels I booked. Like, I just want to stay here in my bed. Oh. And watch <laughs> Where did and you like, go? I don't – and I think that was the thing of, like, I don't want to be here. Like, I just want to go home. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely I definitely experienced that. Um, but I think I, it's kind of with anything, with any new experience, kind of new environment, I think I eventually found, like, comfort. Like, I found a new kind of sense of comfort and home feeling, like, yeah. in my own area there. So that sure. just took time to happen. <laughs> Where did you um, travel that you were like, uh, like, what was it about you traveling that made you feel, like, culture shocked? Um, so I had done like a lot of traveling also blessed my, my good friend, Rachel, who also lives in China, um, it does the same thing as me. She was traveling with me. She's very like enthusiastic and outgoing and like, is never tired. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> like we were traveling together and, uh, we had, we were doing some traveling within China. So that was the weirdest thing. It was like. I'd gotten used to the China in the town that I was living in the city and I got used to that. And then all of a sudden it was like, I was going out and trying to still live a normal life, but I knew like barely any Chinese at this point. And I was just, it was just frustrating that like, it was basically just starting all over again, but I was still the same country. Yeah. But it was, so it was just very, um, and then I was just, you know, tired from traveling, traveling's tiring. And sure. it's like, <laughs> Yeah, so I was not a fun travel companion, I know, but... <laughs> no, no, I get that, though. I mean, I've definitely been in experiences where you go to a new place, whether it's moving in the U.S. or going overseas or whatever, and it it doesn't feel like home at first, and that's really mm-hmm. hard, and then yeah. you spend, like, three weeks there, maybe go on vacation, go somewhere else, and come back, and you're like, oh, this is much more home than I thought, and I think it's, I mean, I think yeah. it's good that as humans, we sort of naturally create home wherever we are, mm. like as a coping mechanism, I think. So I totally get where you're like, I didn't feel like China was much of my home. And then I traveled and I was like, oh boy, yes it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Wow. 
That yeah. is so crazy. So <laughs> I know the time limit, not time limit. I know the time zones are different, right? So is yes. it like nighttime in China? I feel like I sound like an idiot, but I don't even. No. Okay. I don't even know. So basically, uh, basically, for anyone that lives on the East Coast time zone or Central time zone in the states, um, China is like half a day ahead. Um, okay. So. Um, for me, I live on the East Coast, so it's always, well, right now it's 12 hours ahead, so you just switch AM yeah, to PM. So right now it's Tuesday evening, and right now there it's Wednesday early morning. Um, wow. And then, and they also don't do daylight savings, so like Bless when all us. that happens, it's like everything's thrown out the window. <laughs> oh my gosh. So um, jet lag, I'm no. sure, is really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite different. Oof. Okay, so you have been, you're on summer break, but I know now, I mean, it's been, what, three years since that first decision to just up and move to China. So yes. are you still teaching English, or what are you doing now? Yes, so I'm still teaching English. Um, so I just finished my third year. Um, so I spent two years at the same school, same city, teaching university students. Um, this past year, my third year, I switched to still English teaching, but I switched to teaching um middle school and high school age which I really really like um oh good yeah and so and this next year um I'm moving again um to Beijing um but uh basically same job just different school different location um uh teaching uh spoken English to middle school and high school Chinese students um uh, all all Chinese students are required to learn English um okay basically primary to high school age. So um, that's another reason why, you know, English teaching jobs are so prevalent there. Oh, gotcha. Because everybody has to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so what? where were you living before? Because you're moving to Beijing now. So where were you before? Um, uh, basically, the whole time I've been in China, I've been living in southern China. I lived in Hunan province for two years. Um, and then this past year, I was living in Guangdong province, which is very close to Hong Kong, if that's oh, any reference okay. to anyone. Yeah. Um, and, but now I'm moving very, very north where Beijing is, so I've been mentally preparing myself for the cold the winters. <laughs> okay. Are you moving with yeah. anybody, or are you just moving by yourself? No, just by myself. I, my friend Rachel actually is also moving to Beijing as well um, for work as uh, there's just Beijing is a bigger city, more opportunities and everything. Oh, so, okay. um, there's a lot of people living there, but I'll be, uh, at all the schools I've had, I have my own apartment, um, on campus. So I live oh, by myself. Nice. Um, and there's always like, I have four coworkers and things that are also English teachers. So I'm that not just got like a random be, person at the school. Right. That has really yeah. got to be the best cultural experience. Cause not only are you in China, but you are working with people who are from everywhere, right? I mean, they come from all sorts of yeah. different countries. That's amazing. Who are, like, where are some of the countries that you've worked with, with people? Um, uh, Venezuela, Germany, Spain, France. Wow. Um, yeah. That's so cool. Um, uh, like, uh, Ghana, Nigeria, people really from all over. That's amazing. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's one thing that I guess I think I, I was even surprised that is just how many people from all over the world are also living in China, working, living and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. So I've heard that Chinese people are so sweet. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. heard that they're seriously so nice. 
Yes, they like it's a very um, it's a very polite culture. Um, uh, I think that was one of the first things I learned. It's uh, it's like a great the the worst thing that basically a Chinese person can do is uh, lose face or to embarrass themselves. Oh um, wow! Um, so uh, yeah, so like they're always um, very polite and very friendly. Obviously, you know it's a different culture. They have different, you know, takes on what's rude, what's not rude, because, you know, they have their own rude and, and polite things, just like we do sure. in every culture, you know? Um, so, but uh, that's why I tell people, some people are like, oh my gosh, Chinese people are like this, or Chinese people are like that. Um, they are always polite, but sometimes they just don't know if they're being rude. And if you uh... tell them, like, if, if you tell them that they're doing something that's rude or impolite, they're like, oh my gosh, stop <laughs> Their life is over. <laughs> are the sweetest like most polite people that would do anything for you like to help you out um and because it's very much like you know they're very prideful of where they come from and their culture so they don't want to um put themselves off in a bad light so yeah i like that i like that they because i've also heard that they um you know they care a lot about cleanliness and things like in the streets Mm -hmm. and stuff and keeping things up i think that's great i really like their communal you know, they care about China and they care about keeping it looking good and how they're represented. And I think that's really, I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, love them. So you <laughs> mentioned, okay, wait, and I have to know too. I'm, I was just thinking too, when I was in Honduras trying to learn the language and also teach them some things, I many times said things that I thought meant something in Spanish <laughs> And come yeah. to find out, it meant a totally different thing. Has that happened to you? Have you done that where you're, like, trying to teach them something in English and using Chinese or whatever, and you end up saying something that did not mean what you thought? All the time. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's one of the hardest things with um, with Chinese. Chinese, it's, uh, it's a tonal language. Um, so uh, they have, in their basic Mandarin language, they have four tones. So What does that and, mean? Um, okay, for example, like the if the, if you write out ma m a, so in Chinese there's uh, ma 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 ma. No. Those are those are four separate words that mean like cow, car, book, and like space. Like no way. So, yeah. So like. Um, you know, if if I'm trying to communicate something in Chinese and I'll say like the wrong tone, it's different meaning. So they're like, "What?" Like, that's a lot of pressure. My mother is asleep under the bus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so, a lot uh, of pressure. I did not yeah. know that because it's more than just learning Chinese words. It's about the right tone. That's a lot of pressure. Yes. So, um, for the most part, like. I don't know, like, I, um, if I am going to try to communicate in Chinese, like, I'll try my best to speak it, if not, I'll just use a translator, because, um, or I'll try to, like, write out something, but mostly I'll just use a translator, because they'll, they say, oh, okay, you need ma, okay. Oh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's also, like, each, um, each part of China is very, very diverse. Like, it's it's obvious everyone knows it's a very large country. And a long time ago, basically, a bunch of countries merged together and formed China. 
but they all have their own culture and they also have their own dialects and so like the people in the south sound different than in the north even by county and stuff so like their accent changes which changes the tone which changes the meaning so like even if i'm with my chinese friends and i'm like what is the shop owner saying? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So do yeah, you think, like, yeah. do you like, is, is becoming fluent in Chinese even possible? Like I'm sure people do it, but it sounds very difficult to become fluent. Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah. Yes, actually. Uh, that's actually my goal in the next year or two. Look um, at you. I know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, but this next year, uh, continuing, it's, it's going to take more than one year. But I'm going to start taking enrolling in Chinese classes um, because it is possible. I know a lot of foreigners that um, that are fluent and can communicate. Um, but a lot of it is uh, once you kind of start delving with any language, once you start kind of realizing, oh, okay, you know, this is you kind of start hearing the differences and start seeing where the meanings of things come from. And I think just as an English speaker, it just looks so foreign and so different, sure. but it's just like with any language, you just kind of have to learn the, the workings of it and you can learn it. Well, and I think it is completely fascinating that if I happen to have been born in China, being the exact same person that I am looking the mm-hmm. way that I do, but just happened to be born in China or adopted to China or whatever, I would have been yeah. raised to speak Chinese in all the correct, like, tonal forms. Yeah. Yeah. That is, blows my mind that it literally just depends on where you happen to live. And because we, yes. as English speakers, we look at Chinese with all the tones and everything and we're like, wowza. But yeah. <laughs> all it is is that someone happened to, and it's a beautiful language, and it's just so happened that they live there, and that's why. And the same for English. People look at English like, how on earth oh my do I learn English? And you're like, oh, it just so happens that I, I've lived here, and that's why I know it. It's just so cool to me. Honestly, I think <laughs> I think after seeing, like, my students and, like, just, okay, English, if anything, I I'm just so thankful for having learned English as a first language because English makes no sense at all. Yeah, I've actually heard <laughs> like of people say like, that. Well, why is it this? And then this is this. And then I'm like, uh, it's just that way. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so it's, yeah, but I always ask my students, I'm like, which one is more difficult, Chinese or English? And they always say, English is harder. <laughs> <laughs> think they're definitely they're definitely very hard languages to learn both of them so yeah I would agree that's so interesting though I did not know that about the tones that's fascinating to me that's why it sounds so honestly I didn't know that either before moving to China that's another thing I knew nothing about China before (laughs) (laughs) so funny so you mentioned that some of the most difficult was just adjusting and traveling and things like that what about what's been the most fun or the most surprising uh I think I think probably just learning, um, learning a culture through like my students and stuff, um, and uh, and just meeting, meeting just a, such a diverse people, a spectrum of people with different backgrounds and different kind of understandings of life and just like ages, whatever that may be, or countries that they come from. I think that's um, something that I have I've been very happy with of just like I don't know yeah um like honestly like I'm American we just like know stuff (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I think 
just kind of um, just meeting people and like I think that's something that I didn't really like enjoy or just like put myself out there very much before moving to China and I'm very like happy that I don't know yeah. it's kind of just forced me to do whether it be like you know local people from China or just you know foreigners that are also living in China like me yeah. um, just getting to know them and meet them and hear their stories and things I think it's just really cool yeah I, I guess I would not have thought that that would be true but I think now more than ever it's super important to be around people from different cultures and different backgrounds and I, I really think yeah. that's cool that yeah. you get the opportunity to do that just based on where you work I think that's awesome yeah and I, and I think that's something that I think uh I don't know it took me to go to China to kind of realize like oh like you just have to start talking to people but like it's really like I think it's kind of even when I come back home to America I'm like oh like I mean it just had you can find that kind of spectrum of diversity even with your neighbors and people yeah. around you wherever you live and I think yeah you kind of once you kind of realize you're like oh okay like like you know obviously people all people are different but we always have stuff in common so sure it's cool well and I think ultimately everybody is sort of out for the same thing like everybody wants to yeah. be not like people want to be nice and they want other people to be yeah. nice to them and they're just trying yeah. to get along in life and you know everybody just needs to be a little chill a little <laughs> Just talk take, to take people. A take a deep breath. Yes. You're pulling some, some therapy stuff. I like it. I like it. Okay, so what are you most looking forward to about your new job? Is it going to be that different, or is it going to be pretty much what you've already been doing? Uh, it's pretty much, but it's just, it's different a little bit. Um, uh, let's see. This past year was my first year. Let me think. Okay, so my first my first job teaching university, that the reason why they just give that job to everyone because they don't care anything about those classes. Like, <laughs> there's no one really supervising like your your day to day classes. There's no one super like you have to turn in a syllabus and turn in your grades. But besides that, there's not really anything else. Anything else. Gotcha. Um, but I think with this last year, which was like, I mean, like that job is cool. Like, but. At the same time, you're like, I just feel like I'm not doing anything. I feel lazy doing mm-hmm. a job, which sounds weird. But um, this last year uh, kind of was different in the fact that, you know, I I had, you know, a certain number of classes of students. Um, and, you know, they have their, their other Chinese subject teachers that I'm interacting with every kind of day. Um, and going kind of coordinating lesson plans and okay, they had their exams this week and stuff like that. So I think that was different. And then this next year it's kind of getting a little bit more intense in the fact that, um, I'll just, I'll be doing a lot more kind of real job things. <laughs> like, um, I don't, I feel like for the past three years, I haven't, like, I don't consider myself a real teacher. Like it's kind of difficult to explain, but kind of in China, it's like, they, as a foreigner, they kind of just watch you sometimes as the face um, mm. of the school in the sense that, like, oh, we have foreign teachers. It's more elite. It's, you know, gotcha. it's higher class. So they aren't always worried about, like, um, how how much students are learning in your class because they'll just – they could just work through it in their other classes. So mm. – um, that's kind of been a struggle kind of like having to deal with and kind of finding the right job that, you know, is, um, wanting me to actually, you know, 
for like be a teacher and put sure. forth effort and so so that's what's happening um I, i'm anticipating with this next year um at my new school well, that's more established. Good. yeah it's a more established school um my coworkers, i've talked to them i like i've already talked to and communicated with my coworkers. i just feel a lot about a lot of a lot better about it um <laughs> this next year um but it's mostly pretty much the same but i guess there's just more more accountability i guess mm-hmm. um with all my coworkers, which uh is i guess which mo- i think for most people expect out of like a kind of education system but that doesn't always happen with foreign teachers in china so mm. uh, i'm excited about that yeah that sounds awesome it's about yeah. that community, that communal aspect. That's cool. Exactly, exactly. So do you plan to just be in China for the foreseeable future? Or do you, like, what do you think? Uh, you're not the first person to ask uh-huh, this question. The million dollar question. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, I really don't know. Like, at every, every summer that I have a break, I've always come back home to America. And I'm just like, you know, I just... You know, I, I see how I feel at the end of the year, and I'll see what happens and see what I want to do the next year. But um, this, as I said earlier, this next year I'm planning on um, starting to take Chinese classes, and that's kind of a step forward. And I don't want to teach forever. I love my kids, but I don't love teaching. Like, yeah, I'm not I feel that. About it. My friend Tracy, friend of the pod, interviewed mm-hmm. earlier, she is passionate about teaching. Yes. I am definitely not at that level whatsoever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I really love interacting with my kids and getting to know them and helping them in life, but not in a classroom setting all the time. Sure. So that's, um, yeah. So I know I, I know I enjoy that. I know I also, you know, I have a science degree. I enjoy learning about science. So uh, I don't really know exactly how long I'll be in China when that kind of book or chapter will be closed it's definitely not going to be forever um but I think right now I'm just kind of taking the steps to kind of like I don't know eventually move back um but it's also really hard to think of not living there yeah well I like the perspective of you know just taking it a step at a time and saying well I'm gonna do this thing and we'll see how it goes and then I'll check in with myself later I mean you know I think I think that can make a really beautiful story because life is not, it doesn't have to be this linear. I think a lot of people believe they yeah. have to go to school and they have to get the spouse and they have to have the kids and the house and the car and the job. And I think more and more people our age are kind of um, debunking that. Like that doesn't have to yeah. be how life looks. And I think it's great really because yeah. for some people, the house and the job and the car and you know, that is what they want and, and more power to you. But yeah. Some people don't, and I don't think it has to look a certain way. And I'm telling that to myself, really, because, <laughs> you know, you. I mean, it's it's hard not to get sucked into, like, I thought my life would look like this, or I thought it would go this of way. Course, it just doesn't course. sometimes. And, like, it's all fine, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah, it's, like, I think that's also something I'm constantly having to remind myself. And I feel like, every, <laughs> honestly, every time I come back home, it's, like, a kind of, like, it's, like, the weirdest kind of, like, all right, let's recap our life in the past year. And like, uh-huh. what's our next plan? Where it's like, I don't know. I think, but I think it's it's good to think of that, about that. But I also, um, yeah, I'm constantly having to remind myself of like, okay, just like, just take it, take it day by day. Yeah. See what's working now, and you know, obviously take steps and take you know 
things forward as they come, but like it doesn't have to happen tomorrow. It doesn't have to, you know, sure. it's not linear, as you said. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. and I think that's good advice for someone who lives like next door to their parents, you know, born and raised and lived in the same mm-hmm. town. Like, I, th- I still think it's good advice for everybody. Just take it day by day, yeah. a step at a time. You don't have to have your whole life, you know, figured out. You just take the next step. Exactly. Which, exactly. again, I'm telling myself because, uh, <laughs> you know. Girl, you and me both. You and me both. Bless us. Okay, so you have to tell us your best China story. Now, I don't know if this is going to be an embarrassing story or a funny story or like a culture <laughs> shock story, but I know you've got one, girl. Um, okay, I actually forgot about this until recently. Um, but, okay, so this China story, it's funny and embarrassing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> Um, so, uh, this is actually the, my first year in China, um, when I was talking about my first kind of month long travel break, um, I had actually, I was in Beijing, um, traveling with some friends, going to see the Great Wall and all the big stuff there. And, um, <clears throat> we were going to go into the Forbidden City, which is, oh, my. Uh, it's like basically the old, the old Emperor's Palace, okay. uh, city thing. It's. It's one of the it's one of the top things to do there, and so you can go see all the old palaces and different artifacts and stuff in there. Um, but so basically, all over Beijing, Beijing's a very you know tourist spot. So um, with anything tourist, there's uh, you know always reasons for uh, trickery and getting scammed and stuff. Yeah. So. At the hotel I was staying at, and, like, everywhere I went, it was, like, you would see posters everywhere of, like, don't fall for this scam. Don't, um, don't, like, there was, like, some big scam of, like, don't, if someone invites you to, like, an art gallery, like a, like, a discounted art gallery, don't go, it's a scam or whatever. So I was, like, whatever, and I was, like, listen, I live in China, like, I know how things (laughs) work. I know how this goes. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, uh, they can't pull one over on me. So, uh, me and my friends, uh, me, myself, Rachel, and two other foreign teachers, and then one of the, some of their family was coming to visit. So there's also older people, you know, with like uh-huh. experience. Like, so we had got, we had hired a tour guide for the Forbidden City, and we were just going to different parts. And so we were waiting to go see a tea ceremony, uh, which is like kind of like artistic traditional thing in China. And we were waiting outside, and I see these old, like, old-timey photos outside this building, and I asked the tour guide, who's that? And she goes, oh, that is the last emperor of China, um, like a picture of him. And I was like, oh, wow. And she's like, oh. And inside, um, but, okay, as I'm telling this, she, the way she was doing it, I was asking all the questions. Like, oh. she wasn't beating this stuff to me. I was asking all the questions, being curious about it. And then she was just act, acting kind of nonchalant about things. Weird. Which made me like, yeah, which, I don't know, I was just curious about it. So she's like, oh, um, inside there's one of his relatives. Um, he, he's inside doing some demonstrations. And I was like, oh, cool. So we went, I, I don't think I was really listening to her at this point. I was just like looking around like, uh-huh, whatever. I know China. <laughs> I know China. <laughs> and... We went inside and there's like different like um like things like souvenirs and stuff you can buy and uh there's like some other people in there and there's this older man at like this kind of elaborate desk um doing some calligraphy art like just like with an old-fashioned paintbrush writing big chinese characters and stuff 
and I asked the tour guide lady, I was like, oh, um, like, does he do this all the time? And she goes, oh, well, he's actually one of the nephews of the last emperor, and, you know, you're so lucky that he happens <laughs> to be here today, <laughs> because he's Just not here today. every day. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it is never getting better than this. Oh like, my gosh. I've, I've hit the peak. This, this is, is it. Like the ultimate celebrity, you guys. Yes. <laughs> the nephew of the old <laughs> emperor of China. Happens to be here today. I know. So, and also, like, all of our group that is there, we're all in here hearing the same stuff, and we're all, like, kind of in shock and just, like, awe at this point. No one is being, like, the the devil's advocate in uh-huh. this situation. We're all falling into it. So she's like, okay, like, um, yes, he's studied calligraphy for many years, um, and if you want, he can write, he can, you know, do calligraphy for you, um, and you can you can buy it as a souvenir. And I was like, take my money, here you go. <laughs> Here's everything. <laughs> you can have my first child, everything. <laughs> and so, but it, it was really cool. It was actually a really cool experience regardless. But uh, so, yeah, so, like, he... We picked out what kind of, you know, special paper that we wanted, and, you know, um, he wrote the character for family, which this, the actual structure of the character is really cool. There's, like, a house and stuff. There's meeting into the character. But, so, yeah, and we got pictures with him, and I remember leaving, and I was like, <laughs> I am going to give this calligraphy to my grandchildren, and we are going to take this to the Antiques Roadshow, and they yes. are going to so much funny <laughs> family heirloom right here basically basically and i was just like on a high for the rest of the day and i think later that day i was just like you know what i'm gonna look him up like, oh, they gave us, like they gave us like a pamphlet they made it very official like they gave a pamphlet with his like credentials on it and stuff oh my god and <laughs> so i like looked up like last emperor of china's nephew calligraphy or something <laughs> the first thing that comes up is like don't fall for the scam in china there oh <laughs> no um so apparently there is like an actual nephew that's there sometimes but it's kind of impossible to know which one is actually the real one dang uh, yeah, but honestly, if they if she would have just been like, "Oh, this is a really you know cool famous for, uh, calligrapher," that would have been enough. To watch art, I would have bought it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the thing yeah. is, Lauren, it could have been the nephew. Exactly. Exactly. Even though there um, might be one just, of twenty, because it was just like it was like really grown people with like you know doctorates, and that like none of us fell for it. Like, wow, <laughs> we all like bought something there. Um, so yeah, that was definitely, I think probably one of my best China stories of like, I possibly, but probably did not meet the nephew. In the last <laughs> I may or may not have met the nephew, yeah. but you know, depending on your party crowd, you could totally tell someone that and they would oh, be for like, sure. that's like my fun for life. Yes. <laughs> really? Even if it wasn't him, it's still a great story. I know. I do have photos with him. I was cheesing and smiling more than I think I ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, and, I think yeah, we have to. And I still, I still have it. Um, yeah, so I think I'm gonna have to see that. Story. Maybe you could send it to me, and we can uh, tag it as part of the podcast, so that people can really just soak it in. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes, I'll send you. So the good. For sure. I love that. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man, it happens to the best of us. It's totally happened to us. So what it, can it, we re- say? it really does. And you're just like thinking, you're like, 
like when you overthink yourself of like no like I know stuff like I can never be scammed that's when you get scammed yes that's true <laughs> that's very true oh man it's you live and you learn so. <sighs> you do you really do <laughs> Okay, Lauren, so what is nourishing you now? And I know this is this is an interesting question for you specifically because you spend some time in America and some time in China. So is your nourishing thing, like, different for each place or would it, is it the same? What do you think? I think, I think what is nourishing for me, I think it's always been the same, but I think I, I really learned about it, like, having to obviously you know living in a foreign country or really any place new a new experience you you have to like survive and yeah. you know you have to you know find nourishment somehow and so I think um I think being stripped of my all my comforts that I was used to um whatever it be like the nourishment I guess that I thought I would have like uh, like being at school or just like having a day off with Netflix yeah. or, you know, making a cookie log or whatever. Oh, yes, girl. <laughs> um, I guess just kind of like the go-tos that like everybody knew. I really, I think I really had to find that out like, like uh, in China, kind of like, all sure. right, like let's figure this out. Um, I think one of my, one thing that I really find nourishing is quiet. It's just like. Yes and complete like quiet and like all the senses of like okay I'm completely by myself I'm not going outside to interact with anyone I -hmm. think um that is one thing that I've learned about myself in China is that if I'm just not having it that day I I can't go outside because those are the days I talk about like having bad China days where Mm -hmm. it's just like (laughs) where the things the differences that I've gotten used to if I'm having a bad China day like I will go off on someone in English when they have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I just kind of learned about that kind of like knowing, like kind of realizing that about myself of like, okay, like, uh, um, like I need to take some time for myself. And that means like not answering any forms of communication for like a few hours mm-hmm. and not having to speak to anyone unless it's on my own voluntary accord. Um, I didn't realize how much of like that kind of, um, detachment I needed to kind of like re regroup and kind of get my energy back. I didn't realize how big of an introvert, I guess I mm-hmm. was. <laughs> yes. Um, or, I, I was like, I, I'm extrovert at times too, but like after the extrovertness, like I need a good day. Like, sure. <laughs> um, so that I didn't, I, that's a big part of my nourishment is, just kind of like um detaching and really okay just sitting in quiet um and just letting letting myself be and then being able to come back and um and be normal again yeah i get that um i think another thing has actually been which is funny podcast i just I didn't listen to podcasts um, before going to China. I was like, what are those contraptions? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's one thing. It's like, obviously, you know, I do have friends and I have um, a community in China. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's not my family. It's not people that have known me all my life. Um, 
Uh, sometimes they're not just like you in my community in China. Sometimes they're not just the hallway or whatever. Sure. Um, and so um, I've found it really cool, like the community of podcasts of just like having someone talk at you, and then like it's like really like they're having a conversation with you, yeah. and you like. The amount of times that I've been in a grocery store line, mm. it like burst out laughing, <laughs> <laughs> or just be like, "Uh huh, yep." <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah, I will go down the road like cheesing. I mean, I am like yeah. smiling about a podcast, and then I realize what I'm doing, and I'm like, "Oh right." Yes, or just like having having someone like express something in words that you've like never mm. even really fully grasped in your mind yet you're like yeah like, <laughs> that's yes, it thank you <laughs> <laughs> so just like i yeah just that kind of sense of uh community which i like um i don't know i guess i just hadn't really thought about it before yeah. um, but especially like being so far away from things that kind of media outlet whatever it be podcasting or even just like social media of all forms just like connecting with people over the internet is like a really big nourishment for me than mm-hmm. it has been um I think ever before so I love that um, and yeah I really love that yeah okay and but... music, of course oh because of course I don't leave my house without headphones in my ears because <laughs> China's China's wild there's a lot of people in China I have to yeah that's true music is a big nourishment of just like uh, I have like a I have a playlist of pump up songs that I'll listen to before going to class in the afternoon when I don't want to go totally (laughs) I thought like okay you can do this like all right just get through it yeah so all forms of nourishment yeah yeah totally okay Lauren so I know you have a vlog right Yes, I do. Which I yes. love. And I love your Instagram stories. You crack me right up. <laughs> so yes. tell the people where they can find you, and I will tag all of this in the show notes as well. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so um, I started documenting my life in China um, with making a vlog, which if anyone doesn't know, that's a video blog. The best kind. Um, so I basically just talk to my camera as if And I basically just document my life and show what China is really like day to day, all the craziness, the funny, everything. Um, And yeah, just kind of giving information, sharing with the world what China is really like. Which you've missed your calling because you are so funny on the camera. I, I just really, think you're so funny. I feel like it's like sometimes though, like I'll just I basically just repeat what someone else said. So <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just the messenger. I just think you're really funny. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think you have such a funny sense of humor. And especially if you're doing Instagram stories yourself, if you're like by yourself, I just that other day when you were talking about you couldn't find your glasses, man. So <laughs> that good. Was, I was seriously so, the reason I made that story because I was literally looking for two hours <laughs> in my house for my glasses, and they were on, like on the other side of your bed. Yeah, so funny. Oh, it was so <laughs> bad. It was so bad. <laughs> okay, so do they just find that on YouTube, or is that like, is you have a website or anything? Yeah, um, so you can search on YouTube, uh, Lauren's China Life, um, and then I could also send you the link if you want to put it yeah, in the description sure. as well. Okay, Lauren, well, it has been so fun to chat with you. You've taught me so many things today that I did not know. Honestly, it is. this is like my ultimate like pleasure and honor. Like, it's so fun! Yeah! And we'll have to have you back for sure, When and I don't know, we'll figure out the time zone, but 
when you're like in China living your best dreams and you can come on and teach us some Chinese things because when you become fluent, we're going to need some help. Okay, I can teach you one thing. Oh, please do. Okay, and Chinese, if you want to give like great thanks or like, you know, someone does, if you're just like very happy for something, you say, well, the wrong thing, which means it is my honor. It's my pleasure. Wow, that first one was such a trip up right there. I don't, I'm not even certain what letters or anything was in there. Say it again. Okay, wool means I. Like wool. Um, like W-O, wool. Wool. The wrong. The wrong. Which means like, it is like, <laughs> you did basically. I feel like I'm insulting because of my accent. And then shing. Shing. Yeah. Okay. It's my pleasure. What a wrong thing. Honestly, someone is going to listen to this and know Chinese and they're like, all wrong. I'm going to be like, listen, we're learning, brah. Get off our back. I, I know the, the first one is right. Well, yeah. Exactly. So. You got it. You know far more than me. Wow, so. thank you. That's it. I, I declare it correct. So. That's the worst thing. It's like, I come back here and people are like, wow, you know so much Chinese. It's so good. And I'm like, <laughs> No, honey. I'm at the bottom of the total pole. So funny. <laughs> Don't get twisted. Yeah, but you know, you know more than you did, and you know what, Lauren, take that to the bank. Take it oh, straight you. to the bank. I'll that's, cash that check. That's right, girl. Okay, well, it has been so fun, and I can't wait for this to come out. Everyone's gonna just be so they're gonna they're gonna be the ones cheesing down the road when they hear this. <laughs> that's right. I'm so I'm so happy. Like I like I'm so happy to be part of this. I think it's gonna be great. I'm so happy to see what this podcast is gonna become. Yay! You're so sweet. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, you will just have to forgive me for that Chinese at the end. I tried so hard, but clearly. I do not know Chinese, but nevertheless, such a fun episode with Lauren. So proud of her. I just think her life is amazing, and I love that she, on a whim, decided to go to China and has lived there ever since, and she's really helping people. I think she doesn't talk as much about that, but I mean, she's. I know that she's being um, a really good influence on people out there, and I think it's cool that she's surrounding herself with people from other countries and just really getting cultured in a very culturally rich place, so Good for you, Lauren. Proud of you. So fun to know you. This was an awesome one. And we will definitely have her back to hear more about her China adventures. So be sure and follow her on Instagram at Lauren's China Life. I also included a link to her YouTube channel um, in the description. So check that out too. Because like I said, you're not. She is seriously. You won't be disappointed. She's funny on the videos. I'm telling you. So keep in touch. I'd be nourished podcast. We release new episodes every Tuesday. And I always put stuff on there. So follow along. You don't want to miss it. See you next week. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.